Dirt Late Model Racers cheating with Apple Watches. We'll talk about that today and more from the Dirt Late Model Dream, plus a scary crash for Carson Macedo and what else you need to know from a busy weekend of dirt racing. Let's go. It's Monday, June 12th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. A quick request before we get started. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you watch or listen, whether that's YouTube, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Uh, it's free and doing so will make sure you don't miss any future episodes. We are trying to get to 25,000 YouTube subscribers by year's end. We just went over 18,000 and I think we can do it. All right, let's get into the show today. Saturday night at Eldora, Jonathan Davenport showed yet again that he's not only one of the best to ever uh, wheel a dirt late model, but also that he's just incredible at that Ohio dirt track. Although he technically won a dream before, actually in 2015 when Scott Bloomquist came up light at the scales afterwards, this was a race that he felt like he hadn't won because uh, of the circumstances uh, you know, of that win from before. In the 29th running of the Dirt Late Model Dream, though, Davenport started sixth, made his way forward in the early part of the feature, and took the lead on lap 30 after Mason Ziegler and Bobby Pierce took turns out front. From there, Davenport was able to stay out front, survive the rubber, and hold off a charging Chris Madden at the end to score $129,000 and the Dream victory. In his past 18 feature starts at Eldora in both uh, big shows and prelims, Davenport now has seven wins. 15 top fives, 17 top tens, and an average feature finish of fourth. Madden again settled for second in a big show at Eldora. Bobby Pierce ended up third. Ziggler faded to fifth at the end after leading the first 25 laps. The track started taking rubber near halfway, and that was definitely a downer on the night, although there was still some passing after the surface started to latch down. There was no lack of criticism floating around social media as things started to go sideways. With as good as Madden was in the closing stages, you have to wonder if he would have been a serious threat for the win had the track stayed together. I mean, even with the track rubber down, he almost, you know, had a shot to win there at the end anyway. Uh, the one big driver missing from the Dream feature was Brandon Overton. Overton had a rough Friday. He crashed in his heat race and exited the night sixth in a B-main. Things didn't go better on Saturday. While running towards the front in heat two, Joseph Joyner caught the wall in turn one and Overton had nowhere to go. The damage to both cars was enough to see both loaded up and done for the night. It was a tough ending to a week that had really gone super great for Overton. The other interesting storyline from Saturday that I'm a bit surprised didn't get more talk was race officials confiscating drivers' watches in advance of the Dream feature and issuing everyone new radios. We knew about it all thanks to a tweet from Michael Rigsby, and this came on the heels of the track banning signaling sticks and then limiting the areas where crew members could even stand during the on-track action to try and further limit communication. It's clear that race officials were worried about crews sending messages to drivers via smartwatches and there being any sort of funny business with the receivers. In the absence of being able to effectively signal using the sticks or hands, there had been chatter about smartwatches or even wireless headphones connected to cell phones or other radios being used to get information. And this isn't the first time something like this has happened at Eldora, especially when it comes to technology. It wasn't that long ago that drivers were all forced to unhook their tacks, and rumors of traction control continue to permeate both big-time dirt land model racing and sprint car racing. It's a crazy example of the lengths the teams will go to to find advantages and you know, how difficult the tech process will always be. Now we have to figure out which guys are wearing smartwatches or not. Uh, these situations are always silly to me, too, because of the reactions when officials make these moves. Folks always piss and moan about drivers dominating and fairness and, 
and then get mad when rules are put in place to try and govern and even the playing field. You literally cannot have it both ways. Uh, looking ahead, more big cash is on the line tonight for the late model competitors. The XR Super Series is at Kokomo with $100,000 going to the winner. That one should draw quite a few cars, including all of the big names. And the Summer Nationals gets rolling on Wednesday as well. We'll talk about that later in the week. At Knoxville over the weekend, the Word of Outlaws came through for two nights of racing with Brian Brown pretty much dominating on Friday. He picked up his first Outlaw win since the same event one year ago. He topped Rico Abreu and Brad Sweet in that one. Brownie was fast again on Saturday night, ending up second to David Gravel, who led flag to flag. Uh, people tweeting at me, uh, I love about the Brian Brown stuff because I had done a show back in March about how Brownie doesn't really pass a lot of cars. Uh, but it has really changed the season. All of a sudden, he's, you know, kind of winning a bunch of races and, and charging through these fields, getting hard charger awards. I love it. Uh, behind the top two, Garrett Williamson earned his first career outlaw podium finish after starting fourth. Obviously, the big topic of conversation from the two nights, though, was the brutal crash for Carson Macedo in that Saturday feature. The JJR41 was running second when the crash happened on lap 14. Something in the front end clearly broke. Uh, Macedo was just along for the ride. And the car hit the wall in between three and four at a really awkward angle and at a high rate of speed. It then went tumbling before landing right side up and bursting into flames. Uh, it was several minutes before we knew that Macedo had emerged from the car and was helped to an awaiting ambulance. Others, uh, as others have talked about, Macedo was unconscious for a period after the crash, and that's why he didn't immediately try and get out. Safety crews were on the scene immediately, and although we couldn't see it on the Dirt Vision broadcast, we know now that Brad Sweet, Gio Selzy, and Spencer Baston all got out of their cars to try and get Macedo out. Big props to those guys for wading into the situation to try and help, especially with fire. Fire is always one of those things that's obviously dangerous in motorsports, but fire freaks people out. And I, I, I hope you can understand how difficult it is to run into a fire situation to try and help somebody out because most people are going to run the other direction. When the lace, uh, race later resumed, Gio Selzy actually had to switch into a different fire suit because of the damage and the extinguisher that was kind of sprayed everywhere. Macedo was transported to a local hospital, but was released after just a short stay. I've been told he does have some minor burns, but no serious injuries. So that's certainly great news, especially after such a frightening crash. This is yet another example, you know, we've seen too often lately of these scary incidents and clearly safety needs to continue to be improved upon. You know, obviously we've made a ton of improvements and it's great, you know, that we are at a point where somebody like Macedo can walk away from a crash like this, but you know, this thing needs to continue evolving. Hopefully all involved will take a good hard look at this and try and learn, especially with the implementation of the newly mandated fire bottles. There's some not so great screenshots floating around of that. The World of Outlaws head to Beaver Dam this week for two nights, and Brad Sweet is the points leader over Gravel and Macedo. Elsewhere, we had two kick-ass finishes with the All-Stars to open uh, Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Friday at Attica, Tyler Courtney led at the white flag, but Zeb Wise absolutely ripped the top in three and four and beat Sunshine back to the checker. It was Zeb's second win of the year, and he's been really good since a tough start at Volusia. In his past 15 starts, he has 14 top tens with the All-Stars, two wins and seven top fives. Uh, these guys, I think, look like the toughest challengers so far for Sunshine and Clausen Marshall when we talk about the All-Star Championship for the year. Saturday night at Fremont, it looked like Cap Henry was going to go green to checkered, but Danny Dietrich had other ideas. He got to second with four to go and was after Henry for the win. And just like the night before, Henry led at the white flag, but not at the checkered. Dietrich dipped low at a turn four and somehow found enough grip to take the win by 54 thousandths of a second over Cap Henry. Courtney and Wise followed them to the line. I, heard, uh, I sure hope this intensity continues all week. Great racing over the weekend and a lot more nights to come. 
Sunday's race at Wayne County was rained out, but they will try again tonight at Wayne County. Uh, the Sunday Kokomo race for Indiana Midget Week was also lost to rain, so that stretch of races has come to a close with Logan Seavey being crowned Midget Week champion. The Friday win at Bloomington went to Gavin Miller, who took advantage when his teammate Jade Abadissian jumped the turn to cushion on lap 15. Miller led the rest of the way, topping Justin Grant and Seavey. It was Miller's first ever USAC National Midget win. And then Saturday night at Lawrenceburg, Ryan Timms battled with Jake Andriotti early and then had to hold back multiple slider attempts from CV to earn his fourth career series victory. Uh, it was his first top five finish, though, since the season opener back at Belleville on May 19th. Uh, certainly up and down here so far for Timms in this first season with the uh, KKM guys. With Buddy Kofoid bowing out to go run Ohio Sprint Speed Week, CV was crowned Midget Week champion with five top fives in six nights, including the win at Gas City. He's also taken the season-long championship lead with the USAC Midgets over Justin Grant and Jacob Denny, headed into a Midwest swing coming up later in July. Other weekend open wheel winners included Colby Copeland with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour at Petaluma, Jeff Halligan won Saturday at Port Royal, Freddie, uh, Freddie Raymer was a 410 winner at Lincoln, Blake Nimmy and Bill Baylog were IRA winners, and Riley Goodno topped Ayrton Jeniton and Corey Day on Sunday at Husets. Other weekend lay model winners included Ethan Dotson with the Comp Cam Series, Jaden Frame won a, uh, won a topless show at Duck River, and Jason Covert, Michael Norris, and Greg Satterley were Appalachian Mountain Speed Week winners at Clinton County, Port Royal, and Hagerstown. Uh, there is some dirt racing going on today, so make sure to stop by dirttracker.com slash watch tonight to see today's streaming schedule. Hope you guys have a good Monday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.